Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. She's a song on a car. Good day and welcome to the car wash. This is episode number 66. On today's show, we react to that Soweto derby. Uh, we also take a look at who could be leaving Chiefs in the next transfer window. And we make our predictions for the upcoming Bafana Bafana AFCON qualifiers. Whether you're listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Mahikeng 96.7 FM's Game Time, welcome to the show. I, of course, am your host, Slu, but I'm not alone. Uh, coming through your eardrums, I've also got former Ajax Cape Town and Mamelodi Sundowns goalkeeper, Mr. Sean Roberts. How are you doing, sir? Hey, beautiful. Thank you, Slew Dog. And with him, I've also got former Orlando Pirates and Mamelodi Sundowns star midfielder, Teko Mudise. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, Slew Paho. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. On this uh, payday, I think everybody's probably doing a little better than yesterday. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Of course, we start every show with a joke of the day, and we leave that to Mr. Roberts himself. What you got for us this week? <laughs> okay. What happens when frogs park illegally? They get towed. Google.com. We continue today's show with hashtag ask the car wash. Our fan QA. We ask a question on Facebook. Well, we let you guys know that you can ask anybody uh, on the car wash a question. Our first one comes from Mbali Kumalo. This one we're going to throw at Deco. And that's what advice do you have for youth players trying to break into football? Um, I think it's it's patience. Um, they should uh, they should keep working hard because sometimes also depends on the luck as well, mm. you know. And um, and um, and part of that luck as well, there's a lot of patience that needs to happen. You need to be very very patient and 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 keep doing what you're supposed to do. Don't do it because somebody else is watching you. You should do it like nobody's watching you, so that whenever mm. somebody sees you, you are always ready. You know when they say. What do they say in English? Opportunity meets preparation. When preparation meets opportunity. Ah, that. That. I took years. That. Just this. <laughs> but, but I think that's, that's what's important, Slo. Because for me, when I was a youngster, I, I was very patient. But um, behind closed doors, when nobody was watching, I, I was working like somebody else was watching me. I was training twice like I'm going for trials. You know, I was working so hard, and and when that opportunity came through, uh, I was ready, and and I took it with both hands. And uh, I think sometimes it also depends on the luck as well. I think people tend to give up very quickly, um, mm. and 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 that also um, affect the their work rate, they affect their love for the game, because also what's important is as much as you want to be a professional footballer, what do you want to play professional football for? Because there's different reasons why people want to play. People love the game or people love the lifestyle of playing football. So also, that's I think that's one of the biggest questions as well. I, th- I think just to add in there, uh, Slu is, uh, I think, uh, yeah, for sure, development. But I think once um, there is some talent recognized, it's, it's 
probably the most important thing is surrounding yourself with the right people because um, there's guys that I'm sure Teko's played with and I've certainly played with that were far better players than me that have just fallen uh, you know, by the wayside because of the people they surround themselves with. So um, I'm sure Teko knows some disastrous stories mm. as well, but mm. I think that should be mentioned. I think it's very important. Yeah. yeah. Wise, wise words. I have another question. This one comes to Donald. I'll throw it to Sean, but Teko, you can also chime in. Uh, how can we help retired players who go broke after football? Richard Donald? Um, yeah, I mean, this is something we've spoken about on the car wash. Um, you know, I think, you know, it, it's, it's, it's tough and it's not just footballers. I think it's professional sportsmen in general. Um, there's some horror stories from the rugby and the cricket as well and golf and whatnot. But it, it, it has to start with the PSL. Um, I've always said a percentage of a player's salary they should not even see. Um, it happens in Holland. It happens across Europe that 20, 30% of um, whatever the players earn, they don't see till they're 35, 36 and they can live a happy lifestyle afterwards. Um, that doesn't happen here. Um, a lot of players live for today, for this month. Um, I can guarantee you probably 90% of footballers in the PSL, if they had to lose their jobs today, they've probably got maybe six months grace and that's it. Um, no matter what, how much money they earn. Um, so it, it does start with, um, uh, financially it starts with the PSL, but also I think up to the players while they're playing, um, it's very important to get your coaching badges if that's what they want to do. I think that's the most obvious path for a lot of um, players is to get the coaching badges and slowly progress into that. And we've seen that across the board. Um, and we've seen players get their studies done, which is also great. And and hopefully that progression is made a lot easier. But but the progression from playing to not playing is not easy, Slew. It's, it's, um, I'm still battling with it. Um, and that's six, seven years down the line. It's it's not easy. It's it's very hard to detach. It's it's a, the real world. The real world is a, a much different lifestyle as when you are playing. But um, there needs to be a lot more emphasis on this because it's um, it is a it is hectic. And not a lot is being done from the PSL. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. And I was about to ask about the the education aspect because I, I was thinking mm. a lot about um, NFL, like American style football, uh, where mm. the kids basically have to play in college for three years. And what that does yeah. is a lot of the players who then fall to the wayside still have their degrees. Like even if they yeah. retire super young or they have a life or a career-threatening injury, do you think that yeah. the, you know there should be a similar thing in the PSL where you know as soon as you enter as a youngster, there's immediately you're put into like some sort of education program to go alongside your your early career development? Is that is that an, is that something that they should perhaps look at? Hundred uh, percent. And look, uh, there's youngsters that come through the ranks. Um, of a lot of teams that are in that uh, circumstance. Ajax have got a great track record on our Chiefs. Um, you can only do so much and, uh, you know, it's it's and you don't blame the players. All they think, dream, eat, live for is football um, because they're chasing that dream. They don't realize the odds of actually becoming a professional footballer are so slim. Um, but again, it's not impossible. Everything's possible in life. But um, once you're there, you've got to have a plan B. And I think... As soon as you sign that professional footballing contract, you, you need to start thinking about what, what else you're passionate about, what else you're good at, um, and just slowly nurture that throughout your career. So whatever that may be, you know, Cole Alexander is a good example. He's, he's, his fitness is pa his passion is fitness. Um, so he's, he's done his, uh, uh, his personal training certificates. He's, he's done a lot of other certificates in, in terms of um, dietary requirements and all that. So you can see once he's done with his career where he's going to move into. But um, 
again, he's just an exception. But I'm sure there are other players in the same boat, but not enough is being done. That's 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 the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Is this is this uh, how much how much of it? I mean, we you've spoken at length on the show about how players should already be thinking about life after football. Um, do you think that there's enough emphasis being put on it, or do you think that there's still too much? Um, you know maybe glamour about the game um without that like you know strong realism that you know it's going to come to an end um what, what, what's your thoughts on it uh slu i think the um one of the things that um i've realized is is that there's a similar pattern here and that pattern is so exposed so all the youngsters that are coming in they're thinking that's the way to go so many players come out and speak about not going to school, not um, completing their studies. And uh, we're talking about successful footballers in the country that are doing so well. So as a youngster, you're looking at that guy as your idol. You're thinking going to school becomes, it's a waste of time. Because because even with the guy that speaks about school, he's not emphasizing on kids going to school. It seems like he speaks about not going to school as a good thing because now he made it. And then now all the boys that actually went to school or that has those certificates, they're not celebrated enough. So therefore, all the younger guys that are coming through, they don't know the guys that has, you know, all the certificates, all these degrees and all that stuff because those are the guys that are not celebrated. We're celebrating guys that never went to school. So therefore, it becomes a pattern. All the youngsters that are coming through, they're thinking that's the way to go. So therefore, once you become in, into that stage, it becomes very difficult to actually start thinking about retirement after football. Because in South Africa, as a footballer, you only get one good, good contract. At, at the time, you were at the peak of your career. That's 28, 29. And, and, and also, you, 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 you're only given a chance to play from 25 or 26, whatever the case might be. <laughs> and everybody that's been, that, that, if you look at the stories, everybody that comes in at 26, 27 in the PSL, is a guy that has been overlooked for nine years. Mm-hmm. So therefore, uh, the way we, we scout players um, locally, it's not the same the way we scout players overseas. Overseas, they scout players with potential, they bring them in the system and then they introduce them to the system. In South Africa, we scout players that wants, that we need them to play tomorrow. So therefore, we get the late bloomers in the PSL and there's no way that we can have financial education about that. And and also you've got the, as, as you have a lifespan of a footballer of six, seven years. And then once you retire, that there's nobody that can play in the PSL all their lives and be able to make enough money that's will sustain them for the rest of their lives. There's no way. Because number one, in the PSL, you don't get paid. You're getting paid according to your age. There's so many talented players that are 18 years old. They'll never get yeah. paid the money they're supposed to be paid because they're carrying the team. No, they were paid mm. an 18 year old salary. So, we so get a superstar youngster because of that. yes, because of that. So in South Africa, we will never. The story of, of of players being broke after football, it's because they were never reached in the first place. <laughs> People are speaking about Good footballers point. that were who went broke. They were never reached in the first place. People assume when you're playing for a Good big point. team, actually getting paid very well, they don't. So, so look at the needs of a footballer. Number one, you need a car, you need a house. You're 29, you just got a better contract. You slew. You're 29, you just better. You just got a better contract that can help you now to buy a house and to buy a car. At 32, everybody says you must retire. Mm. So realistically, nobody in South Africa does. Okay, exceptional ones. Most of the system it's designed. I've been saying this for a long time. The system is designed for us to fail. So that we can come back and and be in the line of doing the same thing that everybody's doing, without the passion for it, 
we come out and come and ask for the jobs and come back sure. and, 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 and ask for forgiveness. No, the system's supposed to set us up to become a better people, to become better citizens, to become better ex-footballers going forward. But the system is Ooh. not. Interesting, interesting stuff there. This last question is just about the league action. Do you think that the title race is still open this season? <laughs> asking me who? <laughs> who are you asking me who? What's that? What that? What, what kind of a question is that? I mean, to be honest with you, the title is not open, but it's for Sundowns to lose. That's it. Yeah. It's for Sundowns to lose. And I hate to say it like this, but they need a chief style collapse. <laughs> Jeez, Jeez that, that hurts. Wow, wow. Oh, that was painful. I felt that, and not from a former player. Wow, what has Chiefs done to you? <laughs> Don't nobody give a f- what I got to say. Really? All right. Jeez. <laughs> but speaking of Chiefs, uh, you know we have to talk about them because, uh, they, by the way, there's a nice uh, feature about this in the Soccer Duma paper that you can pick up for five bucks uh, that came out yesterday. And of course, it's still we're, we're going to be talking about Chiefs pretty much every week until I think the transfer window opens. Uh, so I think uh, they'll be able to start signing players in July, but they're already allowed to start talking to players. We've of course seen them linked with a few, but uh, now we have to have this discussion about these senior players or relatively senior players. Uh, who could potentially all leave. Um, it's not unheard of in the PSL for this to happen where multiple players leave and then multiple players come in. We saw it happen at Pirates a couple seasons ago where 11 players were signed and then during the season, seven players were released. So it's not it's not the craziest thing. And especially with Chiefs, it makes sense. But, uh, you know, legends like Itumelen Kune, um, you know, Kamabilia who struggled for consistency, Willard Katande, who's been a fixture in that midfield. Lebo Manyama, who's also been an important part of that um, attack in midfield. Uh, all could potentially leave. Their deals are up um, end of June, I believe. Uh, and only a couple of them have opened negotiations. So, uh, you know, Sean, uh, what do you make of this? You know, we, we've spoken at length about, you know, Chiefs having relied on both youth and experience this season. But yeah. with the ability to sign new players, could we see a lot of these senior guys go? It's such a tough one. And I know Chiefs in the past have been very loyal to um, the players that have, have stayed with a long time. And, and of course, players have been loyal to Chiefs. Um, but you look at someone like Kuna, it, it's such a tough call. Um, you know, two million Kuna is Kaza Chiefs. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's such a big brand. Um, and what do you do? He hasn't featured much in the past two seasons. There's been issues off the field we know about. Um, there's no doubting his, his world-class talent. He is world-class. Um, but, you know, they've got a youngster in Brandon Peterson who, who for me, will be number one next season without a doubt um, and long-term number one. So I, I don't know, Slu. I don't know about Kune. Um, I, I, are they going to be loyal to Kune? Is he going to take up a coaching job? I mean, he's only 32, 33. Um, he wants to play. Um He's fallen out of favor. It's it's such a tough one. It'll be very interesting to see. But um, I'll be surprised if, they, if they're not loyal to him. But uh, in the same breath, it's football, so anything can happen, you know. Okay, uh, what about a guy like Kamabiliat, who, if they renew, remember, he's the highest played player in the league right now. So do they let him yeah. go, or would you, would, you, would you keep him on? Yeah, look, there's no doubting his talent. Um, Biliat's on the day, is the, you know, he's the best striker in the country, without a doubt. But... Billiards on the day is maybe three days a season at the moment, and that's not good enough when you're earning that sort of money. Um, could Chiefs could Chiefs buy 
three players at the same price? I think so. Um, possibly not good as, as Billiat, but maybe a bit more consistent. Um, I will be surprised if, if he does stay and they offer him uh, the same or an improved contract. If they offer him less, I might understand, but there's no ways they can justify the money he's on at the moment. Deco, is this is this something that you, I mean, looking at these senior guys, of course, and it's kind of funny we were just talking about uh, more senior guys getting better contracts, but that mm. means that uh, you know sometimes sometimes teams are left in a position like this where they might have to let people go just because they're too expensive to renew. Mm. Uh, do you think that guys like Biliat and Kuna are perhaps under threat of that sort of thinking? I think for the first time, Slu, um, KZ Chiefs wouldn't look at the uh, at the faces of, of, of the players um, in terms of maybe the years that they put in or how much they're earning. I think it would be the contribution as to the last two years or the last three years, what has he given us that, that he might give us next season. I think there's, 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 there's that reality check that has hit KZ Chiefs so hard that nothing else matters anymore. They want to see the team getting better. They want to see new faces within the team. They want to they wanna rebuild the team. And and this is an opportunity being given to them, even though it was harsh, it was a harsh reality. So they, they are in this situation. They can't run away from it. So looking at your Manyamas, Katsande, um, um, Itu as well, there's, there's a lot that needs to be considered. Kamabila, there's a lot that needs to be considered before you can even think about renewing the contract. Number one is the contribution of a footballer within those period. And and you're looking at the time, you're going to be looking at your Katandes, your, your it has been there doing so well for the team for the last years, for so many years. But the last two years, he hasn't contributed so much. And also what, what doesn't help as well is, is guys... Uh, you know when you're not playing my friend leave other things stay away from other things that will bring the team into you know what i'm saying but 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 those are the things also that counts come end of the season when they start looking at your contracts so now gavin hand knowing who he is he's not afraid to do such decisions give us an example what do you mean for no i'll, I'll be frank for instance for instance if if uh, like e2 stuff Right, mm. he's been caught so many times in social media, going back and forth with the, with the, with, the, with the fans and uh, being more popular on the social media, doing stuff, being more active on social media than on the pitch. Mm. Like you need to find a proper balance there. I'm not saying people shouldn't. I'm, I'm look, I'm not bashing you. There's so many players that are doing that. I'm saying that like you should have that room. You, you know, you, sh you should fill it in your system. That if I lost the game, I, I don't want to be seen. I don't want to go out. I don't want to do anything because I lost. Yeah. Katanda, you could mention Katanda in the same uh, conversation. No, but the, but the thing is, is what are you doing there in the social media? Are you are you because you must understand that we interpret it very differently. We interpret it very very differently, and you must understand you're playing for a team that is it's it's got a huge following, and they're going through so much. Like for instance, Chief, let me let me make an example. Uh, Slu, with us as Africans, when there's a funeral at home where I'm staying. I can't come in driving my car, playing music loud because I need to show respect, even though that person that passed away is not here, is at the mortuary, but I need to show respect. Yeah. You say it's but I'll play, time and a place. Yeah, there's a time and a place. Catered players, that's what they were supposed to do. And being a captain that you are, you're supposed to know that. Look, it's not only him. The other day they were playing a game and then there were players that were on their phones while the game is still playing. Mm. 
you're mm. on the bench. You, you, that's what I'm saying. That there's so many things that goes through. I understand. But now the crunch time comes when I think there's a lot of players that are within this list that they're gonna, if they have to stay, they're gonna have to reduce their salaries because they don't deserve to be for an increase. Probably maybe have a bef- performance contract. Maybe a contract is gonna be tweaked a little bit because you need you still need the other guys as well for for, for induction of other players coming in and the experience as well. And you still need them. But but be able to pay new players. Yeah, but but also you need to build a team that can still survive without them. I think that's what's important. You need to have a team that can still survive without them. And there's lots of there's a lot of positions that that that, that Gavin needs to fill. There's a lot of backup that Chelsea Chiefs needs to do. And and also the I think the problem and uh, the, the dilemma that Chelsea Chiefs are in is, is is to get the players that are ready to play from day one, and also get the players that will be ready in two or three months time. Because not everybody's going to come in and catch achievements and and be like that and click and play. So it's going to be one of those situations. But you also need your level manyambas. But you also need your your come billet. But also you need come billet on the page. Mm. You know you need you need come billet to start contributing. You, you need to catch achievements. Need to you know you, you need to you need to do that. Players need to start producing results. Yes, we can excuse level manyamba. Level manyamba had a brilliant brilliant season last season. With him and Nokovic, were carrying the team until the until the bar bubble. But also you 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 saying for me I always love players that bounce back. I know that players that if they want to bounce back they can bounce back. But now you speaking you speak about a 33, 32, 30. It's it's very difficult to bounce back from that age. Definitely, definitely. And uh, moving on, we have the international news desk with our Sokola Duma international correspondent. It's time for the international news desk, and for that, we are joined by Sokola Duma's international correspondent, Kurt Buckerfield. How are you doing, Kurt? What's up, Slow? Good. How are you, man? I'm doing all good, all good. All right, so we start with uh, Harry Kane um, having a, a career season, um, which he's had a few of for, for Tottenham over the past few years. Uh, but there's always been rumors linking him to teams like Madrid. Um, and, and there's always been conversation whether he's too good for Tottenham or not. So um, I pass the question off to you. What have you heard in terms of the potential of Kane leaving um, at the end of the season? And what do you think his next move should be? Um, so, Slu, I think that this could be one of the biggest transfer stories of the next window. Um, I've heard from a few credible journalists um, that he does want to leave that he would love to leave Spurs at the end of the season um, I don't know if you remember but at the start of the season he said that you know he wants to challenge for trophies he wants to be up there with the likes of Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo and in terms of goal scoring and assisting he is he is that good um, I think that Harry Kane you know is, is not far from the level of a Robert Lewandowski I think that he's probably one of the best strikers over the last five to, to eight years um, but it will just be a matter of whether he can leave. Um, what we've read is that Daniel Levy, the, the Tottenham Hotspur chairman, has um, pretty much put a, a price tag on his head of $120 million, um, which is going to be very difficult for any team to match in this economical climate, um, you know, amid the, the, the global pandemic. So I do think it'll be hard for Harry Kane to leave, but, you know, I think he could potentially get a move if he pushed for one, if he if he handed in a transfer request. I know that he has a great relationship with the club. You know, it's his boyhood club. He's been there 
Um, he, he, he may have grown up supporting Arsenal, but it's his boyhood club. Um, he, he's been there his entire career or his entire senior career. He's had a few loan spells, but it's really where he's made a name for himself as one of the best strikers in world football. Um, so it will be difficult. You know, he wants guaranteed success. I think if, if Kane were to leave Spurs, it, it's not going to be to... Um, you know, Manchester United, where he might have to wait a while longer for trophies. I think that if he did leave, it would be to a club where he can challenge right away for the biggest prizes. And that might be Manchester City. Um, that might be Real Madrid. That might be PSG. I think that Harry Kane will improve any team he joins. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, he doesn't have a single club medal to his name. Um, not a single one. He's, he's he's been to two finals. I think he went to the Carabao Cup final a few years ago. May may have been 2015 or 2014, and then the Champions League final a few years ago um, with Poch. So it just comes down to whether he can leave. You know, he wants to. He would love to leave, um, but it's just about whether that move materializes um, in in the middle of what has been a very difficult fin- financial period for for all clubs. But as I said, we know that there are a few clubs um, that can afford a signature, you know, clubs with um, the backing of of billionaires, Manchester City and PSG in particular. Um, so it'll be super interesting. I, I would really love to see Kane at, a, at another club come next season. I really would. Yeah, it should be interesting. And I mean, uh, Spurs are also in the Carabao Cup final this season, but they're facing Manchester City. So it's going to be an uphill battle for them. Um, City chasing. Exactly. Yeah, and, that, and, and that might not be enough, you know, anyway. If Spurs are to win that game, which, um, you know, that will be very difficult to play against City in this kind of form this season. But even just a League Cup win, one League Cup win in... I mean, how long has he been at Spurs now? Uh, or his, his entire career, but as a senior, he's been there for maybe, what, eight seasons? And I just think that one Carabao Cup is not going to be enough to to say, okay, well, we've got something going on here. So it's going to be very difficult for Spurs to hang on to him if he really pushes for a move. Definitely. And, you know, moving on, we, we had the uh, UEFA Champions League draw uh, recently, and there's going to be some very, very cool fixtures in the quarterfinals. Uh, Madrid versus Liverpool stands out, City versus Dortmund, and of course, Bayern Munich versus PSG, which is a replay of, of last season's final, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what do you make of the draw? Which one are you most highly anticipated for um, in the quarterfinals? Yeah, I mean, I think that these are, or this is the best quarterfinal draw that I can remember for a long time. Um, I think that naturally everyone will look to Bayern and PSG because it is a replay of last year's final um, or last season's final. And it's um, two heavyweights um, over two legs. Um, last year's knockouts were all one leg. So I think that's the, the fixture that naturally everybody will be looking forward to. But that Real Madrid and Liverpool won um, is is the one that excites me the most personally, just because you know neither team have been in sensational form this season. Um, they've both had glimpses. We we all know how um, really bad Liverpool have been domestically, um, whereas Real Madrid in the last few weeks have have actually played really well. Karim Benzema in particular has been excellent, and I just think that it's the most unpredictable. Um, 
of the fixtures. Although, you know, they're all somewhat unpredictable. I just think that that kind of game, it's it's a knockout round. Um, Liverpool could find their best form in a game against, you know, the 13-time Champions League winners who, of course, beat them in 2018. So there's a lot of incentive there. Um, I just feel like Jurgen Klopp, considering how things have gone domestically in the Premier League for Liverpool, will be really desperate to to still walk away with the se- uh, with with a trophy this season and if they were to do that if they were to win the Champions League you know what an incredible end to uh, a poor season it will be so that's the game I'm looking forward to most I think it'll be KG uh, there's no um there's no outright favorite for that tie either despite Real Madrid being uh, in the better form but yeah, I can't wait. I also can't wait for the Porto Chelsea game. I think that people think it's a favourable draw for Ch- for Chelsea, and and maybe that's fair. But Porto played so well against Juventus over those two legs, um, and then of course City and Dortmund. You know, you would you would kind of back City to to advance there. But it's interesting because City with Pep Guardiola have never gone past the quarterfinal in the Champions League. Pep hasn't reached the final of the Champions League since 2011. Um, it's Erling Haaland against Manchester City. Haaland's been heavily linked with City, so there are a lot of little um, subplots in that fixture too. So, I, I, yeah, like I said earlier, I think it's one of the best quarterfinal draws that I've seen for a very long time. Definitely, and I mean Haaland's dad also played for Manchester City as well. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be a fascinating, fascinating quarterfinal stage. And then, lastly, uh, we have some updates around Ronaldo's future with Juventus. Uh, what's the latest there? Yeah, so there was a lot of speculation surrounding Ronaldo's future after Juventus uh, got knocked out of the Champions League by Porto a few weeks ago, and a lot of that talk. You know, it was about his wages, his astronomical wages, and how Juventus planned to get him off their books. Um, because, you know, not only does Juventus pay Ronaldo a massive wage, you know, I think I said it on this, this podcast a few weeks back, he earns three times more than any other player in Italy. But it also hinders their, their chance of signing other players. You know, they have to take um, the business side into consideration perhaps more than they take the the sporting side into consideration so is this player someone we need um you know is kind of out the window and it's well does it make sense for us financially due to the fact that we are paying ronaldo 30 million annually so i think it's going to be interesting to see what 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 transpires at the end of the season but for now juventus say that ronaldo is a part of their plans next season for sure i think um the sporting director and vice president um, Pavel Medved came out and said that Ronaldo will be at Juventus next season. He's untouchable, irreplaceable. And he also confirmed that Andrea Perlo would still be manager because there's been a lot of rumors around his future as manager too. Um, Juventus obviously not really having a good season domestically. And of course, they've been knocked out of, of Europe. So there are a lot of unhappy Juventus fans, but it, it seems like they are willing to give him another season at least. Um, you know, maybe with the belief or the idea of that second season being better than the first with a few reinforcements or a few players leaving. Um, but yeah, it seems like they are just um, banking on Ronaldo to pull through for that UEFA Champions League win that um, just doesn't seem to be coming. Yeah, and part of me thinks that they'd probably be more willing to try and cash in on Paulo Dybala. Um, you know, Ronaldo, apart from 
the wages, I think, is such an attention grabber that he is he's like Messi in that vein, where um, despite yeah. how expensive he is, clubs want to keep them just because of the profile that it brings them. Um, exactly, and 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 with the Bala slew, that's exactly what I'm talking about when I say sporting decisions or financial decisions versus sporting decisions, because. If you ask every Juventus fan in Italy whether they want Dybala to stay, they will all say yes. But it comes down to, you know, we we want to keep Ronaldo, so we might have to sell Dybala. Even though Dybala is, I think, a decade younger, um, he is extremely well-liked by that fan base and just well-appreciated in Italy, uh, you know. So I, I don't know. It's a strange one because Dybala hasn't played much football um, weirdly enough, over the last two seasons, he's had a lot of injuries. He's been in and out of the team. He's had little spells where he's been absolutely brilliant, but then he's had spells where he's really not contributed all that much. So it will be interesting, and it is interesting that Juventus seem to be in favor of uh, keeping a 36-year-old Ronaldo versus building the team around a 27-year-old Dybala who, who has at least another five, six years of, you know, like top level football in him whereas Ronaldo might not have that so yeah let's see what happens we shall indeed uh, thank you very much for joining us on the international news desk uh, Soccer Duma international correspondent Mr. Kirk Buckerfield have a fantastic day cheers Lou have a good day man and that's it for the international news desk we move from that to our PSL reactions and of course we have to react to quite an entertaining weekend of football. Uh, I caught this over here. Last week I came through mad confident talking about, oh, if Chiefs can win, I'll do 50 push-ups. Black Panthers mm. earn a point even, I'll do 50 sit-ups. And lo and behold, the fitness gods have spoken, guys. I have to, <laughs> I have to jump on camera later, do these... Do this f-ing exercise with your shirt off, eh? No, no, uh, no, 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 no. Oh, sorry. Sean, we still have to eat of that. Sorry, I apologize. There's children watching. There's children. There's children watching. Yeah, dude. Uh, but yeah, Kaiser Chiefs won Orlando Pirates nil. Uh, this was the fourth meeting of the season between the two sides. Finally, Chiefs earn a victory. Um, you know what I love is you know what I love about Chiefs is they can be going through the roughest patch ever. The second they win a big match, all of these celebs start coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, about, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, good morning to only Chiefs fans. And I'm like, where have you been? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. It was, it was, That's it was life. An entertaining game. Um, I, I think it could have gone either way personally. What did you make of the match? Nurkovic showing up when they needed him um, and just, you know, being able to finally get a little bit of bragging rights this season. Yeah, I mean, you saw the relief on. I don't know if you saw the, the camera pan to the to the Kazuchi's bench after the game. The relief on on Gavin Hunt and Dylan Shepard's face just showed everything. I th- honestly think if they didn't win that game, um, there might have been some bigger decisions made. Um, but yeah, well deserved win. Um, as you say, Nurkovic, unbelievable the whole game. He was fantastic and what a goal! One of the goals of the season. Uh, Jubulo Bloom. Whew, this boy, something special. But yeah, um, they, they could have scored a few more. Uh, Pai made a couple of good saves as well. So could, again, um, true to form, any any derby like that could have gone either way. But um, I'm happy. I'm happy Chiefs won. I'm happy. <laughs> Great results, man. Case Great Chiefs results. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Turks? What's happening, gents? Um, 
look, um, I was lucky enough to be doing that game. And um, what I like is uh, there's so many positives about Kansas Chiefs on the day. Mm. You know, the approach itself, you can see, you could see from the tunnel because I remember the when you when you analyze, they, they, they do show the bus arrivals. They do show uh, when the teams are coming into the pitch, especially in time for a warm-up. You, I'm a former player. I read a lot on body language because I knew myself when I was overconfident or my body language didn't respond very well, I'll get into the game very late. Mm. So that was important to me, how I walk into the pitch. The first step that I walk into the pitch sets the tone for me. And uh, and 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 what I liked also was like, um, um, Casey Cheese had a proper, proper clear plan and it worked. They worked on it. From the first minute, you could see what Casey Cheese were trying to do. As much as they, 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 they had intentions of winning the game, they knew that they had, for them to win the game, they need to defend very well. The chances they will get, Remember, we always spoke about coaches are losing games, but they're not scoring in those opportunities. That's why they're losing so many games. They do get opportunities to score, but also defensively, they're not proper. They defended very, very well. Yes, there's the things. Look, they Orlando Pirates, they're very good in, in, in transition, in counterattacks with their hot toes, with speed. Kelsey's never denied them that, uh, that space for them to get the balls there. So Orlando Pirates, they didn't find, they didn't get that opportunity, and they didn't have a solution to actually. Uh, be able to dissect that defense, that defensive block. Kelsey Chiefs defended very well. Yes, Nukovic will fight. They knew that Nukovic will give him the fight. It was unfortunate that that, that Mashiani boy uh, uh, came off very late, but he was also good on the right as well, you know, with a left footer. So he played, Gavin played differently. And and there's so many positives that came out of that game. And, and, and I'm grateful that it happened uh, on that day because it was an important game. And for me, I was expecting fireworks, but it wasn't the case. But tactically, I was very happy with both teams. To be honest with you, and that was the hundredth, hundredth uh, derby in the league, and they won it. They 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 won it. Of course, uh, a lot of parts are still leading with the breaking rights in the season, but Kansas Chiefs winning that game also. Um, um, and after winning that game, um, being back-to-back, um, going to Africa, coming back and playing those games, they needed a break. They deserved the break. This break will actually help them. And they're going to the break with still with that confidence as well. I think for them, I've, I've always said that it will be great to see the Chiefs next season being in the top eight. They're in position nine now. Yes, Pirates. Sh- uh, if Pirates won that game, they'll be in position two. It's, for me, it will be very interesting in football to see Poland Pirates chasing Sundowns, but they still have an opportunity to do so. But for Casey Chiefs on that day, uh, kudos, man. You know, they defended so well that Akpe didn't have to make great saves. Mm. On he the made day. one good save to his left. Huh? He made one good save to his left towards the end. We he, held it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I'm saying, uh, if, if you remember if you remember the derbies that Akpe played, he was always that guy yeah. that will make great saves because yeah. defensively they were not okay. But this, this time around... You know, he 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 played three at the back. He played with two full backs. Basically, he played five. Yes, it's a defensive structure, but you're playing against the team that beat you three times in, uh, three times in this season. So obviously, you're gonna come out, you know, very defensive minded, knowing that uh, the the worst results that I can get from this game is a draw. And for them, they won the game. And 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 thank God there was no controversy or surrounding this game. There was no foul. There was no penalty. There was nothing. It's clear and simple. Yes, clear and simple. I think Kansas Chiefs deserved the victory. They came with a game plan. They couldn't match Orlando Pirates point to point. They came with a game plan that worked. 
congratulations to KZ Chiefs. Yeah, uh, and then in the other match, um, which I, I, I didn't watch, I watched the highlights, but I didn't see the full game. Um, Sundowns won, Black Leopards won, which is yeah. one of those, you know, again, I think I'm, I'm, a, I'm a cautionary tale for those of you who think that um, you can use our predictions as a betting mechanism. Uh, <laughs> I think you have to do a little bit more consideration than I did. Uh, but Black Leopards, you know, uh, I think she mentioned it in our preview that it's it's it seems like an easy game to win because they've struggled all season, but they're not an easy team to face. Um, yeah. You have, uh, and I do believe Sundowns have a couple injury concerns, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. So w- what did you make of that one? Surprised or maybe relieved that, you know, Sundowns isn't just steamrolling everyone? Uh, what did you make of that result? No, I mean, look, Sundowns, you know, they, they were not the same without Peter Shalile. Shalulile. I mean, he was he he was missed. But having said that, Sundowns should have creamed Black Leopards. The chances they had, and Zwani in the first half should have put that ball away. Um, I'm not too sure what he was up to, but but yeah, you you look back on those um, those results at the, towards the end of the season when things don't go your way and you start pointing fingers. Having said that, I still think Sundowns are going to walk the league. Um, but a lot, a lot of lessons will be taken from this game. Um, they should have had three or four without a doubt, but kudos to Black Leopards for sure. They're fighting for their life. Um, but it is time they get relegated, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sean. Um, the Sundowns had an, had an easy first half where they could have killed the game off. Um, I think there was a moment where Timberzwane had two goals going one v ones. That it it didn't bury one. He, I think he hit the post, and then one uh, the goalkeeper saved. Uh, there was a lot of opportunities in the first half where they could have easily killed the game off. And second half, um, things were not going well. We tried to make changes, but uh, the changes they didn't affect the game positively enough. Um, Sundowns, I think this season has always been the story of um, scoring enough goals. Yes, they're winning games, but they're not scoring enough goals. They tend to to win games also in the dying minutes, and 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 that's that's a good thing also because Mamlu Sundowns in the past they 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 would want to score and win the game the first 20 minutes. So now they they do have the mentality that it's okay you can still win the game in the dying stages. But being that uh, 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 in that position as well as you see Shalila being that guy that always scores those type of goals. But then when Shalil is not there, Kemit is not there, other players need to take responsibility. And these are players also that are scoring goals. Your Sorinos, your Tambazwanis. Irrespective of Sundowns having uh, injuries um, up front, but but they do have players that can actually win the games for them. And I think second half, uh, Black Leopards felt like, you know, um, they deserve better. They started pushing more forward. Yes, they were giving uh, Sundowns um, stress as well. And I think Leopards knew they took, if you remember as well, when, when Leopards played at home against the Sundowns, they lost the game in nine minutes. They were leading 1-0 and Sundowns got a record. So they 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 took something out of that game, they brought it here. And, uh, you know, well, for them, it's great to have uh, being able to stop Mamri Sundowns and getting the, that that vital, vital point and, and building confidence within the team itself. But that's that's Leopards showing character when playing against big teams. 
that's what you see that's what you see when they play against Orlando Pirates that's what you see when you play they're the playing against Chiefs but when they play against other teams as well that's a different Black Leopards and I think it's like Sean has said if 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 they're not going to be consistent with the fighting spirit, the fighting for their lives, there's no point. They must understand also, you're not playing only Mavilius and Dallas within the league. So that point, yes, is vital for them, but that's not a point that for them to survive the league. They need to start winning games. Mavilius and Dallas still have an opportunity to win the league. Indeed, they do. And it's funny, you know, I, I, I'm just looking at Sundowns. This is like one of, it's, it's, not, it's not as rare of a result this season, actually. They've had seven draws. You mentioned them struggling to score uh, at times. Uh, but interestingly enough, they have by far the league's best defense. Nine goals conceded on the season only. Um, so it seems like they're only conceding goals when they draw 1-1. Um, mm. And then the rest of the time, they're, they're winning. So should be an interesting you know, uh, race to the finish. But I do think that this is kind of a blip and Sundowns will appreciate this international break that's now come. Um, oh, yeah. But for yeah. we move into this week in football history. Today, we remember great moments from the past. We dive into the time capsule. Join us as we remember great moments from this week in football history. This week, back in 2012, uh, Real Madrid's Cristiano Ronaldo scored his 100th La Liga goal, hitting that milestone faster than any other player in club history. Uh, he went on to score 311 in total, but of course, Messi has surpassed that since. Uh, and this week, back in 2001, England beat Albania in a World Cup final where almost half of the team, five out of the 11 players, all came from Manchester United. Uh, that was the era of your uh, Rio Ferdinand's uh you said skulls um a lot of those guys made that team and um it was just it was just a, a strange imbalance i'm trying to i'm trying to just find the other the other three players oh yeah gary neville nikki butt david beckham paul skulls and andy cole uh so this is pre-rooney as well but it's always just had a, a large foot in the door there this week 17 years ago former former bafana bafana and orlando paris left back edward motale hung up his professional boots uh the man known as Magents uh featured for us at afcon 96 and won the cap champions league with pirates back in 95. Uh, and we move from one local hero to a few more local heroes who've impressed us this season. We want to focus in on some local coaches. Uh, so specifically, we're looking at Brandon Truto of Swallows, who we've already given his flowers. Benny McCarthy of Amazulu, who's helped them turn their season around. And also most recently won the uh, player, uh, sorry, Coach of the Month Award. And then obviously Manjla Nkwikazi uh, from Golden Arrows who has been one of those sleeper teams this season that, you know, at the beginning of the season, you wouldn't have pegged them uh, as a potential top three. But there they are, four points behind Sundowns, uh, you know, nine wins from 20. Uh, they've got the joint highest amount of goals scored with 30. Um, and they've just been a, a very, very impressive. You know, when you look at these coaches, we spoke last season about the importance of giving local coaches an opportunity. And we, we, we made sure to like, just to be clear once more, we're not saying that um, there's a problem hiring um, foreign coaches. It's just that they have to be of a certain level or at least have a very good working knowledge of local football. But you know, yeah. these guys have, have stepped into these roles and done very well. You know, I want to start with Benny McCarthy because here's a guy 
who left Cape Town City. I, I still remember we wake up and at midnight, Cape Town City had let go of Benny McCarthy. And now here he is. He's back in the hot seat. He's now at Amazulu. How impressed have you been with uh, the way that he's managed this Amazulu side, um, you know, uh, since taking over? Because it, it was really since he took over that this that this trend upwards had started. Yeah, I mean, um, I think Teko's probably the most the best person to answer this as he's played under him. But um, I had a, a conversation with the, the owners, the Zungu brothers, the other day. And um, just to hear their vision of the team and hopefully bringing back Amazulu Football Club where they belong. Um, but you can see they're on the right track by, by employing someone like Benny and what he brings in terms of his, his wealth of knowledge and him playing at the highest level, um, the coaching badges that he has. And, and you've seen with a couple of signings he's made and how it suits his style of play. And um, look, it, it may not be there forever, but it's working at the moment. Um, and I know, uh, you know, that they want nothing less than uh, top four as well. So um, they, they certainly have ambitions, um, which I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear because we've, we've spoken about Amazon at length before and such a massive club. And they should be filling that stadium up every single weekend when when the lockdown eventually lifts up. Um, yeah, uh, uh, it's fantastic. You know, sad to see him leave Cape Town City, um, but I'm glad to see him happy. And he's got the right technical team around him, as you can see, which makes things a lot better. Um, but maybe Teko could probably go into a bit more detail in terms of his coaching style and whatnot, and possibly how it suits Amazulu. I don't know. Yeah, what have you seen him bring to that Amazulu side? Um, particularly, I mean, we're talking about a team who relied heavily on one player last season um, mm. and didn't finish. I think they finished 14th, if I'm not mistaken, last season. Um, mm. And now they've turned things around. What do you make of Benny's impact there? I think what Benny brings into the team is uh, freedom and freedom of play. Yeah, he brings that into the team. And, and also, this is the guy that is well-respected in South African uh, football fraternity as well. Players know exactly what he has achieved. And when he speaks about the game, he's got a passion for the game. When the game is playing, he's also playing on the bench. And, 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 and also, uh, look at how uh, the Zulus have uh, assembled the team as well. Be before even Benny came through, you could tell that uh, Amazulu new owners, they had ambitions for the team. They wanted to see a team um, on... They spoke about it like they want to see uh, Amazulu on in the top four position. That was before Benny came through, and and what Benny has brought into the team is is, is making sure that um, when you work hard, you're gonna play, irrespective of what you who you are, where you come from, and uh, he's not biased. That's one thing I like about Benny. He's not scared to make uh, big decisions. He's not scared to not play of um, certain players because of their stature. Their stature. So Benny doesn't care actually, but what he cares about is the results and the team itself. And I think also that gave so many uh, unknown sort of players an opportunity to 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 play and to play regularly and and to be noticed as well. Because you can see with with Benny, when when you look at Amazulu, you 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 automatically assume that okay, I need to play this guy, this guy because he's come from this team. He was playing like this. Benny doesn't work like that. And and you can see that. Uh, also, tactically, um, um, Benny also always wants to play players in the in the right positions, uh, in the best positions for for players to give their best. Because I remember speaking to him about Mulenga as well. I said, I said, what do you, what did you give this boy? Whatever that you're giving him, keep giving him for pre-match meals. He said, no. I spoke to Mulenga, 
um, um, I asked him actually where he wants to play. And then he said he wants to play as a, uh, on the left. And then I said, okay, if you want to play on the left, I don't want to see you as the striker then. And then if you're playing there on the left, you must give me everything that you yeah, that you can. And ever since then, Mulenga has been a different player at Amazon. He's very, very, very effective there. And he's one of the key players as well. So I think that's what he brings, Ben. And Ben always likes to uh, move around with the, with the players that he can trust. That's why you see um, Shaka Zulu is there. And um, he still has Majoro that he worked with before, and he uses him as an impact player. I think Benny, what he brings into the team, that the freshness, that that you know, the youthness within the team. You know, he's he, he's still because Benny has. It's, I think he's five years in in terms of coaching, so he's still fresh from being a footballer as well. So he still has the lingo, he still has the attitude of a player, and, and that helps the Amazulu players. They can relate to him, and I think that's what's important as well. Um, I think that's 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 one of the key things because once players play with freedom and play with that belief that you know the coach trusts us and believes in us, I think that turns things around and that's what we've seen in Amazul. Because most of the players were there still last season, but they're playing differently now under a different coach. So the different voice in the dressing room also helps as well. Definitely, and, and sticking with KZN, uh, we of course can't not talk about Manjan Tukazi uh, and how he's turned this golden arrow side around. Panabas um, Tender, they they they've snuck up that PSL table over the course of the season and now they're comfortably competing for a CAF Champions League spot. Um, yeah. And it's it's just one of those things where, you know, Mandla is not, he's not the type of coach that we talk about when we talk about like your Gavins and your Bennies and your Pizzos who are very, you know, outspoken and, you know, love the media. <laughs> not that he shies away, but um, he's a different type of, of, of coach. Uh, what 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 do you make of Golden Arrows this season? Do you think that perhaps not not being in the spotlight has helped them, or do you think that it's 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 just purely football and they're just playing great football and there's nothing else to read into about it? I think I think Slu, when you have a team that is unified as one, um, that you know whoever's playing in the team that they deserve to be there, and you've got the support from your other teammates. There's no backstabbing. Um, there's so much self-belief in each other. That's what he's brought to this team. And it's very evident to see that when they play. And that's probably 60, 70, 80% of the job already done because the players are good enough to be there. But if you can get that unity and, um, oh man, that, you just go die for each other, that's, it's, it's very hard to be beaten. And also, um, it's very rare that they've, they've won this, you know, these, these quarter innovations where um, for each quarter a team wins uh, X amount of money. And I think they won the second quarter and all the money was shared with, within the players. And that's, and that's been given a, a, a big sort of kick up the ass in a way to perform because they're loving this, this more money now. That's, their hard work is now paying off financially. So um, for me, for sure, it's, it's the unity within the team and um, they're starting to see the results now financially in their back pockets. Deco, what, what have you made uh, of uh, you know, Golden Arrows over the course of the season and the coach? So to be honest with you, Golden Arrows has always been regarded as one of those teams that brings out you know, raw talent and it's always been a team that plays very, very well. And uh, they enjoy you know, having the ball. You know, they, they they infuse the Gussie style, South African style, if you may say. And it's high time that they come back to that. And this isn't, they, they do have the players uh, to do that. And uh, and what helps them as well is the continuity because coaching guys has been at Arrows for such a long time. 
he knows the culture, he understands the players as well, and the players understands him. And, 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 and that helps because uh, as much as uh, Coach Steve left, but the, the familiar face was still there. The same voice was still there. And uh, tactically, they, they didn't change much, but the belief is high now. And, 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 and defensively, they, they do have solid defenders as well and that are now in conversations of going to big teams. You know, whenever the team is doing well, you start looking at individuals. And, and I think it's high time that the Colonarios have players that are in the, in the national team as well. You know, this is a team that has been consistent every, uh, this season around and I was surprised not to see even one in the national team, but that's a conversation for another day. Coaching Negas is it's one of those coaches that believes in South African uh, play, that that believes in in total football, that believes in 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 working hard, and Golanaros gives you that. Golanaros are hard runners. Yes, they'll they'll match you with the energy, but also when they have the ball, they will punish you and they will play good football. And it's nice to see that happening with our local coach, and nice to see with a coach that has been in the same franchise for a long time. So coaching Negas is kudos to you. And I think also the players deserve a round of applause because they've been working very hard. Every game that they play, you know, you can see they're working very, very hard. Like Sean has said, I think there's more unity in that team more than anything else. I think that's that's one thing that stands out within that team, the unity that is there. You know, nobody is a superstar. Everybody is, everybody else is important. So in the past few seasons, you'll talk about the Matizo, but now you're speaking about Golden Arrows as a team. So I think they've grown into that and then and everybody yeah. is is contributing positively to the team yeah that's a good point all right and from there it's time to make some predictions of course it's the international break but it's a very important one um this is going to be the make or break uh weekend where we decide our afcon fate uh mm. gonna take on ghana that's tonight if you're listening on thursday uh and then they also face sudan i believe on sunday um, mm. so both are essentially must wins uh, because the way that the previous round of matches went, we thought that two victories against Sautome would put us in a stronger position, but then Sudan went and beat Ghana. So, um, you know, it's 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 all to play for. Uh, what do you make of Bafana versus Ghana, which is the biggest team in the group? Uh, but the Ghana side, by the way, will be slightly weaker. They don't have guys like Thomas Partey and a couple other European-based players uh, due to COVID restrictions. So... It's unfortunately for Ghana, of course, but it might be a chance for Bafana to take advantage. Uh, but we also have some concerns of our own. So uh, what's your prediction for, for that fixture? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, we're without Kermit and Bradley. So that's, um, you know, you, you look at your your striking position, you sort of a little bit concerned there. Two, two players that are very much on form. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a big game. I think... Um, I think we're equal in terms of uh, wins. I think it's four wins apiece, the, these two teams head-to-head. -head. Um, but we have to go for a Bafana win. We have no choice. I'm going for a 2-1 two, two victory. 2-1 victory. Yeah. Bafana, uh, Bafana. They always play well uh, against Ghana. Um, I would have loved to see Nzeki uh, having possibilities of having the whole squad here. But we all know the issues that we, we're facing. And I think everybody that's in Bafana camp, they know how important this this game is uh, for us to qualify. And uh, I'll go, yes, we'll be very, very, very up front there in terms of uh, goal scoring possibilities. But I've seen Pesitao doing it before. 
So I believe that, you know, we, we do have the players that are, yeah, that are doing well. Um, um, but there's a big game, comrade. Um, I'll go for a victory, for Bafana victory, 1-0. Please, Bafana, don't disappoint. One, please, one, one. There's certain teams that frustrate me in this way, where, where they win the big match and then they, they mess up the smaller match. But here, it's, it's, we can't actually say that because Sudan are on the same boat as us, so there is no big match, smaller match. We just have to go, go out there and try and win both. So what is your prediction mm. for the Sudan fixture, which I believe we did win the first one, um, mm. the first tie between Bafana and Sudan in the group stages. So... We could back that up with another win, which would, by the way, if we win both games, we're definitely through. Um, there's no, yeah. there's no question about it. Yeah. Um, again, my only concern is is the firepower up front, um, and I'm I'm going for another two one win. I'm going two one two one. I'm going for a Sudan draw, but we'll still qualify. Something will happen somewhere, but. <sighs> Yeah, because I'll, I'll tell you why. Because I know that this game will take so much energy out of the guys. And 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 if we win this, I know that coming uh, to Sudan's game, is, it's going to be a different game altogether, a different game. And that might come to us drawing with Sudan, uh, qualifying. So I think, I think that draw against Sudan will be the one that actually help us to qualify. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Sudan have actually played five. So their match against Bafana is the, is their last one. But we still have two matches, but we're all on nine points. So it's... it's but essentially, Bafana win one. They, they should be in a good enough position, but they, they'll, need a, they'll need that extra point, I think. I, I think mm. the Ghana match is by far the most important yeah. game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fun all year. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, you know how we how we make these journeys in life, you know, when we, we travel <laughs> to places like Ghana and Sudan. Most travel by plane, but my guy Sean Roberts is gonna <laughs> tell you about a car that you can use for the same trip. I am uh, wow, they're getting worse, Lou. <laughs> um this week is Brighton Mshongo. He's 2020 Mercedes AMG CLA 445S. Where is Brighton playing? He's a, he's a, he's a chipper, hey? TTM. Is it TTM? Yeah, okay. I think. So, yeah. Okay. Sorry, is Brighton. it still playing? I don't know. Anyway, he's around. He's around. Um, in the world of hot hatches, there's only one Apex Predator, the slightly berserk Mercedes AMG A45S but not everyone wants a hot hatch, preferring instead something more mature than a hatchback's unshameful, youthful positioning. Enter the 2020 Mercedes-AMG CLA 45S, a four-door coupe sedan with all the performance and charisma of a hatchback, but with a boot. In terms of rivals, you're looking at the, the Audi RS3 and the BMW M2. The acceleration is brutal though, and it's addictive. There's a simple pleasure in the way the CLA45S surges forward with gleeful abandonment, defying all expectations. 0 to 104 seconds flat, a staggering 1.4 million rand. I give it a 8.5, 8.5 out of 10. Damn. All right. TTM are paying, boy. 
when they when they put on time which which i, I gotta stop roasting them for that yeah. <laughs> uh you know i i think we gotta we gotta motivate the boys as a, as a country we gotta get behind them so sean yes. team talk for the boys motivational quote of the week yes uh, this comes from our under 23 international luke fleurs and super sports uh, central defender aspire to inspire before you expire yes yes i, love, I love like that, that. Mafana like should aspire to inspire the country uh, before, before you our icon qualifiers expire. Correct. Uh, and that is how we wrap up episode number 66 of The Car Wash. Whether you've been listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Mahikeng 96.7 FM's Game Time, thank you for tuning into the show. I've been your host, Slu. That has been Mr. Sean Roberts. And that has been Mr. Teko Murise. Hola, hola, Suda. And we'll see you all <laughs> same place, same time next week. Peace. Today is a great day for car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. This is a car.